Are you constantly asking yourself, are my children in the right school setting? Do we as a family love our school option? Leah and I are moms in West Virginia helping families answer the question, do you love your school? Because we want every family to respond with the resounding yes. Kim and I are here to help families explore the many educational options available in West Virginia and bring hope to families so they feel empowered and encouraged about their education options. Welcome to We Have Hope. Welcome back to the We Have Hope podcast. This is Kim. And this is Leah. And today we have Helen Bradley with us from the Idea Center in Wheeling, West Virginia. Hi, Helen. Hi, how are you? We are good. We are good. Um, Helen, do you want to go ahead and give us a brief introduction on who you are and what the Idea Center is? All right. Um, My name is Helen Bradley, and uh, I have a small learning center in Wheeling. It's located in Warwood section of Wheeling. Uh, The address is 413 Warwood Avenue, and we're right up from McDonald's, so we're pretty uh, convenient. We have, um, it's an after-school learning center, and we provide tutoring for all ages. Uh, We've had adults come in. We've had middle schoolers, a few high schoolers, and elementary students. And we've even had some preschoolers come in for some work with reading and phonics. So we pretty much cover the gamut, you know, a lot of different ages and skill levels. And we tutor one-on-one. We... um, We've been in existence this second time around since 2019. Um, so we were just focusing on the tutoring and learning activities. Um, we charge $25 a session right now. And for one session is 25, two sessions a week would be $35 and three sessions a week would be $50 per week. Uh, we also Not have, bad. Some, yeah, it isn't, it really mm-hmm. is reasonable because yeah. nationwide I've checked it out. Tutoring rates are at least $45 an hour mm-hmm. across the country. So, you know, we try to make it reasonable for the parents because of, you know, the inflation and the economy, et cetera. Um, so we just really want to help the kids, you know, due to the pandemic. And uh, we did work through the pandemic, actually. We had a number of students who came through during the pandemic and were failing. Uh, a students were getting Fs suddenly. Oh, man. And, you know, with online learning, they were struggling with that. And we really had kind of a boon at that time. And, you know, what we do is we bring the student in and see what the strengths and weaknesses are, do a little testing. And basically they know what they need to do and we just help them get where they need to be. Um, That's kind of basically what we do. We take individuals and, and get help them with their goals. And that's where the idea center kind of started. It's an acronym. I stands for individual D is development. Mm-hmm. E, education, and A is assistance. So it's individual developmental education assistance. And we just try to help students from wherever they are to mm-hmm. increase their academic skills, to increase their study skills, to increase their confidence, mm-hmm. uh, maybe to catch up, uh, you know, with uh, online learning, a lot of kids fell behind and we're Mm -hmm. still dealing with 
kids today that are two at least two grade levels below in reading and math and that's been a a problem nationwide Mm -hmm. yeah 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 i mean i think it's um i love the acronym um individual development education assistance i think that that's great and you know from the first time that uh, we had chatted with you to now. Um, I had seen the Idea Center passing because it's in my community that I live in. And I had mm-hmm. seen it and I was like, I'm not really sure what that is. Um, but now I can't help but see it every time. I'm like, oh, that's Helen's place. Oh, yeah. I should stop in one time and, and say yeah, hi. Yeah. Um, so what is the average length of time that you spend with a student? So if they are, um, you know, delayed behind in a grade level, or they maybe need challenged academically and they're just coming in for some extra support. Um, what is the average timeline that you spend with any one student? Well, um, basically, um, most people should come consistently and more often than just once a week. We have sure. normal, most of our students come at least twice a week and some come three times a week. Because once you establish a routine on, you know, practicing your phonics, your spelling words, we help them with the reading, help them with some math activities. It depends on where they are. And and we've seen uh, improvement just in a matter of weeks. Uh, Once the kids get into their study skills, and I think that's part of it, is just Mm -hmm. making time to, to do the work. And they can do it. It's not hard for them. I think they just need that time to sit down. This is our time. We're going to focus on our skills. Um, and, you know, I've had kids that I've worked with for three years from pre-K all the way to second grade. Okay. Um, you know, so, well, not second, first grade right now. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But, you know, kids are uh, sticking with it uh, because the parents are seeing that there is a, a benefit. Okay. Uh, you know, you have some that come and go and just stay mm-hmm. a few weeks some stay a few months and some, like I had a student a few years ago, the A student that was getting Fs during the pandemic, he mm-hmm. stayed like for, I bet you, four or five weeks, got his grades up. He was good to go. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he realized in his heart that he needed help and he mm-hmm. asked for the help and parents, you know, brought him in and he was really a bright student, but he just needed a little boost at that time. And that's Mm -hmm. what we provided. So I think it really varies. It depends on what the needs are of the student. Some Mm -hmm. might be long-term, some might be short-term, you know, kind of varies. So it sounds like the first session might be just establishing what those goals would be and Mm -hmm. figuring out their strengths and weaknesses, the testing, and the sessions are about an hour long, right? Right. Close to an hour. Yes. Okay. So they come in that first session and they pay the money and then they get the assessment. And then you kind of work on a plan of here's the recommendation for the next couple of weeks. Is that how I'm understanding it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, That's really helpful. So you're located in Warwood. How would people, how would the community come and find you? How would they get in touch with you? But also if somebody is listening, because I, I just did our stats on our podcast and, and we have folks that have listened across the country. We have folks that have listened um, in, in other countries, which I think is just fascinating. Um, so how, if there is somebody across the state of West Virginia, or maybe even in another state that are like, hey, I think what Helen's doing is really cool. Maybe my student could benefit from that. Do you offer virtual services at all? Um, would you be willing to collaborate with other providers who are doing 
similar things in other states um, or in other parts of the state. Um, and yeah, and and you know, how do they get in touch with you? And are you willing to do the, that collaboration? Okay, yes. Um, yeah, we have done some Zoom meetings. Um, okay. I, I have to admit, though, certain populations don't do well with Zoom. You know, mm-hmm. it's hard to get their attention, you know. I get that. Mm-hmm. And that's why online learning doesn't work well. But, you know, an, an older student that's motivated would do well with that. You know, mm-hmm. somebody that just needs a little uh, one-on-one and you can't get there. But the younger students, I think it's really hard to get them to focus, although we have had a few younger ones. Um, but we do Zoom. We do offer any type of uh, online learning uh, if there's a need. Matter of fact, we've had a number of students from the Weirton, Hancock, and Brook County areas. And um, we've gotten so many referrals. Matter of fact, just in the last two weeks, we've had like seven or eight referrals. Hey, that's great. Our, yeah, through our juvenile awesome. mediation program. So we've worked it out. So now we're traveling to the Weirton Library right now to okay. to students. And we have we had so many that came right before the holidays. So we decided, well, we'll just, you know, and they wanted to start first of the year anyway. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get them as a group you know, the, the older students together and do a group session up at the library. And then we have a few younger students as well. So I'm trying to group them by, by need and by age group and things like that. Um, but we uh, have a web, not really a website yet. We're developing it, but we're just not there yet. But we do have a Facebook page. Okay. It's the Idea Center Wheeling on Facebook. So mm-hmm. if you just type in the Idea Center Wheeling, you, you should find us, uh, you know, and Google, of course, a Google search will get you to where we are. Our office number is 304-905-1506. Yeah, so, you know, we we just contact students. We send out brochures on a regular basis, and we're going to really increase, increase that to reach out to, uh, you know, we talked about reaching out to homeschool students and mm-hmm. um, other groups that are doing things. And we've made some contact around the state recently through some trainings, you know, to get the word out to people about what we're offering. And I recently hooked up with the vocational rehabilitation. So we're also working with, we don't have a referral yet, but we just started that in the last 30 days. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. Working with them. And when they refer an adult or an older high school student it Mm -hmm. could be high school college or an older adult Mm -hmm. Uh, we'll work with those students maybe on career career situations maybe testing for a a certification or Mm -hmm. re you know they could go in and maybe they're changing careers because of a layoff we might help them with job applications help them with reading improvement or maybe some math skills uh, just basically some things to help them get to their next level as well. Yeah, I think that's really great. We do a, a summer program as well. It's called the STEAM program. Okay. You know, oh. Science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. And we offer um, all the activities within that that acronym yeah. uh, in, in STEAM, STEM activities. So uh-huh. what we've done in the past was um, create some water expulsion uh, rockets 
And oh. we've made our own Play-Doh. We've done ice cream, homemade yeah. ice cream. We've made our own slime. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've created solar systems. Um, we've worked on Lego building engineering. We built bridges. Um, so many things with your steam. You can do so much because it involves, you know, all those areas, you know, and the hands-on and the creativity and mm-hmm. the arts and the science activities, the kids, you know, really get into it. Uh, so we do that. We've done that for two years now. Um, this last year, we uh, cut it down to only three weeks. We found that okay. it was just too long for a summer program. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we had like five weeks the first time, but this time we only did three weeks. And you can get a lot done in three weeks. And then the kids, you know, of course, need their time to play and go on vacations and, mm-hmm. and go, just enjoy your summer. Mm-hmm. But we also offer a, in the morning, we do a reading and math component. Oh, nice. We're on their grade level or maybe a little bit below their grade level, we start with them, test them in reading to get kind of an idea of where where they are in reading grade level wise, and then give them a little booklet. We put together materials for math and reading, and they do that kind of the basic skills component in the morning. Then we have a lunch and we do our activity, our uh, project for the week or for those few days. Some projects only take two days, some take maybe three or four days. Okay. So we, we accomplish at least four or five nice science type projects during that time period. And plus we get some outdoor time and, you know, do a lot of ball playing and, and oh, do local playground and, you know, get them out and have them do some activities. And, oh, we even did our own kites last year too. Oh, so nice. we did wow. our own and took them out and tried to get them to fly and, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, you just pull it all together and mm-hmm. give them some fun activities to to enjoy their summer and, and get some learning time in there. And and I think they really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. What a special thing to do. And I, mm-hmm. I think it's something that what we're seeing in West Virginia and across the country really is the school choice movement is really exploding. And parents, what we noticed during the COVID years was that, wait, we can do things a little bit different or my student actually needs this instead of, you know, the one size fits all box. And so I think hearing about the Idea Center is something that other parents could replicate or and you mm-hmm. could collaborate with them. But also I feel like it's just the beginning. Do you yeah. feel like that too, Helen? Like there's just we're just at the beginning and we could do so much more. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been in education for a number of years. Uh, mm-hmm. actually probably more than 30. Uh but I haven't been in the full-time classroom like a public okay. school classroom mm-hmm. for that many years. Uh, about 15 total. But Everywhere I've gone, I've taught. I've taught like nonviolent offenders. I've taught mm. uh, at-risk mm. children. And we've done after-school programs. We've yeah. done the daycare programs over the years. In, in taught uh, English as a second language students. And then I even got to travel to China with a couple of my students back wow. in 2009. So that was really an exciting time for me, yeah. you know, with that experience, you know, going to China and walking on the Great Wall of China, just doing so much. It's just amazing, you know, that sometimes, you know, no matter what you're doing in life, if you can get an opportunity like that, that really makes it worth it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. And, and 
it also helps you realize that the world is so much bigger than what um, we have right in front of mm-hmm. us, that there are people who do things differently. And, and we're seeing that more and more in education, that there are other ways to learn, doesn't make it right or wrong, that there are just more and more options out there. There are more and more choices. And that's what we're seeing. I know that uh, the Idea Center is applying to be a provider for Hope Scholarship. Mm-hmm. And yes. that's ex- exciting. Uh, and I think that as students go to apply for the Hope Scholarship this upcoming year in um, 2023, that that you know, window of March 1st through May 15th, that I think we're going to see even more students apply for this than what we saw oh, yeah. last year. And last year was our the first year and there was the uncertainty of the injunction and everything. And, you know, the Idea Center will be one of those many providers that students can use. And uh-huh. so what, if you could dream a little bit, Helen, what is your big idea for the Idea Center? What is, what is oh, your God. dream for that? Well, actually, this big idea started back in 2003. Uh, We tried to set up a learning center on the island because I couldn't get a full-time job teaching. I had my degree for since the 80s and couldn't Mm. get a job full-time teaching. It was pretty glutted. The system was pretty full. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I said, I'm going to set my own school up. I I wanted my own little school, a little learning center. And it's kind of been a dream for many years for me. So when we tried to do that back in 2003 or so, uh, you know, I had to fight the city to get a zoning permit, et cetera. And they said, you couldn't have a learning center in a, in a residential zone. Mm. And I'm like, wait, this doesn't make sense. But, you know, we ended up doing it, my sister and I, and we had some other neighbors who helped us out. And we set up a daycare and learning center through those years. And then I also did my part-time teaching during that time. And then, um, you know, we just, it's just been something that, I don't know, it's just something in your heart. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Since I was 10 years old, I wanted to be a teacher. So Mm -hmm. I've never really stopped teaching, even though I'm not you know, a full-time teacher right now, I still teach and you have to teach from the heart. And I think that that's real important, but my ultimate dream would be to have a full service resource community center Mm -hmm. that, you know, we tried to do back in 2003, um, you know, with fully funding, fully funded center that Mm -hmm. we could really offer the tutoring and the STEAM program and, you know, other resources, have people come in when they want to work on their research papers and have that little library that they can utilize and use our computers. And that would be amazing. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, help with homeschool kids and help with Mm -hmm. any kids that need the help and, and make it more available to the community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I see it as a community ladder. It's something that these people will use to climb out of whatever situation they're in and into a better one. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the biggest problem is is the funding. It's, mm-hmm. you know, we pay rent, we pay a few utilities and we pay, you know, a little bit, but we really don't make enough money from fees to pay our bills. So yeah. I had to get a, a small business loan to get this mm-hmm. going and we're still riding on that. But mm-hmm. I tell you what, funding is is tough around here. It seems like certain groups get the funding and wheeling all the time. And it's hard to, mm-hmm. you know, kind of get in that niche. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, one thing that you said about being a teacher and something that I want to make sure to highlight is that 
being a teacher, I love what you said that teaching from the heart is definitely part of it because there are people who are, you know, teaching full time and they're, they don't love it. And you can mm-hmm. tell that they don't love it. I certainly had teachers like that growing up, but I also had teachers that really did love it mm-hmm. and they cared about it. And I think what makes a teacher is somebody who is willing to teach no matter what, that no one has stopped you from teaching, Helen. And no. you have yeah. you have taught and you have been in education for over 30 years. And it doesn't have to be in front of a giant classroom mm-hmm. to be considered a teacher and working in education. And so I think that that is something that we're seeing through uh through this movement too, is that people get to teach from the heart. They get to teach what they love and what they care about. And I love the wide uh, uh, arrangement of the students that you have taught from pre-K to adults. You know, I have taught adults and I have taught kids and I find it fascinating that um, when you're teaching about something that an adult is really interested in, that they are almost more engaged than the child is who has to be there. And yeah. so I just want to give that encouragement to you and anyone else listening who is in that, uh, I don't even want to call it non-traditional. I don't even want to call it that. That it's just teaching in a different way. You are still a teacher. You know, if your heart says you're a teacher, you're still a teacher. And, yep. you know, you just get to do it in a way that better suits your needs and, and things that um, you are more interested in. And I think that that is lovely and something to aspire to. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. So something we ask every guest, because the name of our podcast is We Have Hope, is what does We Have Hope mean to you? Okay. Um, Well, we have to have hope in life because you never know what's going to happen the next day. You know, um, I started out as a high school dropout. and. But this happened after I already had a dream of being a teacher. So I had to have hope or I wouldn't have gotten my GED. I wouldn't have gone on to college and graduated and get my master's, et cetera, et cetera. But without hope, you can't succeed in anything. And I think kids today have to realize that, that they have to have hope because there is help out there for them. I mean, there's plenty of opportunities out there for people to do whatever they want to do. They wouldn't let me come back to school when I tried to, after I missed so many days, the principal said, you don't want to be here. So oh, you can't wow. come back. And that was back in the seventies. You like, can do that. Then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I went and got my GED. Yeah. And then they weren't going to stop me, but you, you know, if you don't have hope, then you're just going to go off. Maybe you could be homeless, whatever, but you have to, you have to have that hope. And and I think that school choice does give people hope because mm-hmm. if their child wasn't doing well in a in a, a regular school or maybe you would call it a traditional classroom, mm-hmm. then maybe they could try an alternative center or or try a different type of learning. And and I think over the years of because I have hope that I've tried to inspire other students and, and a lot of folks around me that, you know, without hope, you have nothing. And I think it's made them think and believe in themselves mm-hmm. and, and believe that they can do something in life, you know, and I don't know, without hope, there's really nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, mm-hmm. I love that. And and what I see your career as my observation from an outsider and just, you know, our, our, a limited amount of time that we spent together is that you're really a pioneer in doing things and and not being stopped. That if you have a desire on your heart, you're going to figure out any means necessary Mm -hmm. to get that done. 
and you're not going to stop until you get there. And I think in the the students that you meet with, adults and children alike, are often the students that we write off and that we forget yeah. about and that we label and we judge and you know, we put all of these negative things on top of them in addition to the things that they're already carrying. And what you've done is you've seen them for who they are, that Mm -hmm. you haven't inspired them and given them that light that they needed and that hope that they may have forgotten about. And you've been able to see them for who they are and the potential that they have. And what you've done, Helen, is be able to change not just their life and their trajectory, but you can create generational change by seeing the student for who they are. And that's something to be aspired to. Um, that's something that we all should be doing. And yeah. I think we often forget to do that. Um, but I definitely think that that's my observation for you is mm-hmm. that you have been doing that. You're doing this and and often without people even knowing it. Yeah. So I just want to say thank you for that, that you're seeing every well, student for who they are. Thank you. Yeah. You're, you're welcome. All right, Helen. Well, this has been a joy and, and you are a light in our community yes. and um, we will be chatting soon, I'm sure, mm-hmm. but we hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. Okay. You too. And thanks so much for all this. No problem. Yeah, thanks, sure. Helen. No problem at all. Thank you so much for listening to the We Have Hope podcast. Yeah, you can find us at Facebook of Love Your School WV or Instagram, Love Your School WV. You can message us anytime or you can check out our website, loveyourschool.org.